Will California's new AB5 law spell the end of the owner-operator? Efforts to address the abuse of independent contractors could force fleets and owner-operators to completely rethink their relationships, and some say that could actually end the use of owner-operators in trucking altogether. Hi, I'm Jim Park. This is HDT Talks Trucking, Season 2, Episode 1. In this episode, we'll explore the implications and the possible consequences of AB5 and other efforts to end employee misclassification with HTT Editor-in-Chief Deb Lockridge. We'll also hear from two representatives of the Teamsters Union who have been pushing for laws addressing employee misclassification, and we'll hear from a representative from the Western States Trucking Association which has challenged the controversial AB5 law in California. We'll be back right after this. HDT Talks Trucking is sponsored by Heavy Duty Trucking Exchange. HDTX is a unique networking event for fleets and suppliers that opens doors to long and beneficial business relationships. Go to heavydutytruckingexchange.com to learn more. And if you run light to medium duty trucks, check out Work Truck Exchange. That's worktruckex.com. Editor-in-Chief Deb Lockrich has been following this new law in California, AB5, that severely limits the use of independent contractors in that state. Deb, I understand this is a pretty hot topic with our readers right now. It sure is, Jim. Um, An article I wrote about the AB5 bill for our website, truckinginfo.com, back in September, has been viewed by more than 140,000 visitors, which is record-setting for us by by quite a bit. And uh, I did a couple of follow-up stories on it. Uh, on the website as well. Very popular. A lot of questions about it. Uh, a lot of confusion. Well, yeah, I think the uh, the interest in this topic, 140,000 visitors, just shows how profound a change this could be for trucking and how interested the readers are. So where did this really come from? What, what got this particular ball rolling? So it, it didn't just start in California with this AB5 bill. It's a uh, topic called employee misclassification which has been around for a long time. That's where someone is working for a company as an independent contractor, which is what owner operators are as an independent contractor. But the uh, contention is that in reality, they're being treated like an employee, but without the benefits that come with being an employee, like workers comp. Um, So some of the factors that have traditionally been used to determine, are you an independent contractor or are you uh, an employer are things like, How much control does the company have over the worker? Um, Are you free to contract with other companies as an independent contractor? How much investment that you as a contractor have in your own business? Uh, But now we see states like California and New Jersey looking at a more restrictive way to define who's an independent contractor. It's called an ABC test. And the U.S. House of Representatives on the federal level even passed a similar bill, although that's unlikely to become law under the current administration. Um, this is issue, it's not just trucking. Uh, there, uh, the AB5 bill, um, a lot of other industries in the state in California are up in arms, including freelance writers, um, several other industries. But there have long been allegations of employee misclassification in our industry. Um, We see it a lot with lease purchase programs uh, with owner operators. Now, there are some that are perfectly legitimate programs that, you know, they're helping 
contractors buy trucks and get into the business. But unfortunately, others sort of seem to have more in common with indentured servitude than with actually being an independent business person. And we've seen that a lot in California at the ports, uh, the ports of LA and Long Beach, especially um, a few years ago, USA Today did a big investigative report um, that they called rigged, uh, looking at this issue. And I think uh, that's kind of helped put that uh, in, the, in the crosshairs in the state um, where you had drivers, you know, by the time that they paid, paid their truck fees they, and they paid all their other business fees, they literally were upside down. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of where some of that's come from. We all know about those lease-to-own plans, the never-never plans, they're called. And yeah, they are definitely exploitive. Nobody would argue with that. But, but isn't it sort of, you know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater when you take a small, I think, portion of the, of the carrier population that does take advantage of the owner-operator in that way versus the rest of the crowd that seems to have a pretty decent relationship with their owner-operators and treats them, you know, more or less like business partners? That's what I've always felt. I've called it throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I've called it uh, um, using a cannon to swat a mosquito. Uh, yeah, there are absolutely uh, abuses, but um, you know, let's find ways to address those abuses, not just make it totally illegal to be an independent contractor. Well, one of the parties that's pretty interested in getting to the bottom of this and cleaning up the abuse is the Teamsters Union. It's been pushing to address what it sees as the employee misclassification issues at the ports. So we talked to Fred Potter. He's the president of Teamsters Local 469 in Hazlitt, New Jersey, and an international Teamsters vice president at large for the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. He's been very involved in this issue. So we asked him about why the Teamsters believe that truck drivers at the ports are classified improperly as independent contractors. Now, when you talk about misclassified, um... Are you talking about all uh, what we would call an owner-operator, some individual who owns a truck and works for a motor carrier in, in the capacity of hauling freight? Or are you referring mostly to uh, some of those exploitive lease-to-purchase sort of relationships where the employer says, in order to work here, you have to buy our truck and you have to do everything that we say with regards to maintaining and fueling and buying parts for your truck all through our little in-house purchasing programs. One that I think most of us would agree are pretty exploitive. Is there a difference between those two camps? Yes. You know, there are legitimate owner drivers that own their truck are truly independent. They choose who they work for. Uh, They're not signed to an exclusive lease where they can't work for others. They either accept or uh, decide not to take work they don't feel is either suitable for their business or profitable. Um, And, uh, you know, quite frankly, they work for multiple companies, and they have some control over their rates. Um, That's not, by and large, what we – that's not a misclassified employee. That's a true independent contractor. The difference is those people that are not independent contractors, but the employers illegally classify them as independent contractors and pay them at 1099. A great deal of the attention to this issue is revolved around a new California law known as Assembly Bill 5, or AB 5 for short. That went into effect back in January. Uh, Deb, can you tell us a little bit about that and how, how that's going to play out? 
The 85 basically said that any worker would automatically be considered an employee unless they could meet this ABC test. And most people believe this is more restrictive than the previous standard in the state, um, which was called the Borello test, named after a, a lawsuit uh, that at one point got that put into place. Um, there's three prongs of the ABC test, they call them. It's A and B and C. You have to meet all three of them. Um, the first and the third are, are pretty similar to some of the things that we've seen already uh, with independent contractor classification. The problem is what they call the B prong. And that requires that the worker, quote, performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business, end quote. So basically, the way a lot of people are interpreting that is that a trucking company could have a contractor do something like take care of its landscaping, um, you know, do its plumbing. But the general thinking is that uh, truck drivers and motor carriers are in the same business so that a motor carrier couldn't use an independent contractor to deliver freight because they're already delivering freight. Um, at the same, uh, at the time we're talking about this in, uh, for this call, a court challenge by the California Trucking Association did succeed in getting a preliminary injunction against AB5 right at the time it was going into effect in January. I mean, it was literally like the night before New Year's Eve. Um, so the injunction, preliminary injunction said AB5 cannot be enforced against the trucking industry while the California Trucking Association's lawsuit is going on that challenged uh, the law. The association says the law is preempted by federal law, and that's going to take a while to work its way through the legal system. To the best of your knowledge, does that injunction apply only to trucking or the other industries that are involved in the uh, in the AB5 question too? No, that's, that's strictly to trucking because of the way trucking is um, regulated on a federal basis. There are federal laws that specifically uh, prohibit states from messing around in uh, things that affect routes and rates um, and other particular factors in trucking. And that's where the CTA is saying that you know, this is messing too much in interstate commerce, basically. Well, to get some clarification on that, we went to uh, the Director of Government Affairs and Communications at the Western States Trucking Association, Joe Rakovats. He told us when the law was first passed that it could mean the end of independent trucking in the state. I, I trucked as an owner-operator 30 years. I never had my own authority. I've been off the road 13 years, and, and there's this mantra out there that being an owner-operator in this country means you can't find two nickels to rub together. That's frankly untrue. Uh, you know, many people I know, I was doing a quarter million dollars a year 13 years ago and, and longer. Uh, many owner-operators are successful owner-operators, but what we're hearing is from what I consider the, 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 you know, the bottom of the barrel that frankly are being ginned up by, by unions. And uh, that's what's being represented as opposed to the majority who are successful. You know, the great thing about uh, opportunity in this country is the opportunity to succeed, but with that comes also the opportunity to fail. So we also asked, Joe, if being an owner-operator is so great, why are we seeing efforts like AB5 in California to make it harder for companies to use independent contractors? Why is this happening? Look, for the lease purchase scams that were out there, they were already being dealt with in a legal environment. 
whether it was labor commissioner just destroying these people, lawsuits destroying them, it was all being dealt with already for those um, who were found guilty of misclassifying uh, on, you know, independent contractors. Interestingly enough, though, both Joe and the Teamsters Union talked about the fact that the employee misclassification issue was already being addressed at the state level before AB5. Julie Gutman Dickinson is the California local counsel for the Teamsters Port Division and a graduate of Stanford University School of Law. She served as a trial attorney at the National Labor Relations Board and has more than 25 years of law experience. The bottom line is that these, the vast majority of these misclassified drivers at the, at the port are clearly employees under any version of a test. I mean, we, since, since 1989, we've had the Borello test, which has like 11 balancing factors, and we've had 500 decisions at the DLSC, every single one of them, analyzing these factors and finding all these drivers to be employees. It's not a choice. It's what the law says, as, as, as Fred said. Whether you talk about the ABC test, whether you talk about the Dynamex test, the Borello test, the Super Shuttle test, under any of these variations, they are employees. So why... <laughs> That's that's a very compelling argument, but why why is the industry allowed uh, its sort of standard definition of an owner operator to continue for as long as it has, in the face of all those you know five hundred cases and challenges? Yeah, well, that's a a good question. I mean, they um, they are the, the bottom line is first of all, as Fred said as well, you know, we have some examples. Just because you own a truck doesn't mean you are an independent contractor. We have companies, and Fred can tell you more about it as well, where, where, where there is an owner driver who owns a truck, but because they are controlled, the, the employer controls the dispatch, the, they've worked at the employer for years, the employer controls their routes, they don't have any real entrepreneurial opportunity, they are employees within the meaning of the law, but they get two different paychecks, right? They get one for um, their labor and one for their reimbursement of business expenses. Just as a sidebar to this particular discussion, I'll, we'll get back to AB5 in just a second, but... Most of the discussion that I've read and I've had with people on AB5 centers around the drivers who work in the port and drayage industries. What about other owner-operators who work in different sectors like flatbed hauling and heavy haul and tankers and general freight? Uh, they're going to be impacted by this as well. Are, are, was that the intention going forward, was to include everybody in this? Well, first of all, some of these people are truly independent contractors, owner-operators. The law didn't make something illegal. If you were misclassifying your drivers before AB5 went into effect, you're still misclassifying. If you weren't misclassifying your drivers, well, then under the law, you're not misclassifying. The fact is there are legitimate owner-operators. They work for different companies. They call freight brokers for work. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, they do these things. Even when they work for the same employer, maybe for years, they may do work for other people when that employer doesn't have work. Um, it's not, they don't have this, what they consider to be an employment contractor or a lease that basically takes away the worker's freedom so much that he's really an employee. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, that's what we're talking about. And I just want to comment on something you, you said earlier. You know, why have we had so many strikes in South Southern California? Why have there been so over the years so many walkouts done by the poor drivers themselves? Why are there so many claims pending? Why are there so many class action lawsuits if, in fact, they're happy? You're listening to HDT Talks Trucking with Deb Lockridge and Jim Park. We'll be back right after this. Heavy Duty Trucking Exchange is put on by Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine and our host suppliers. Our editors tapped into decades of experience working with trucking fleets to develop this valuable annual event. If you qualify, we'll bring you and a few dozen other fleet managers to Scottsdale, Arizona for a jam-packed session of networking, education, and fun. It all happens in a friendly, intimate environment where you can develop lasting relationships and pick up ideas to make your business more successful. Go to heavydutytruckingexchange.com to learn more. And if you operate light to medium-duty work trucks, check out Work Truck Exchange. That's worktruckex.com. So as a reminder, we're talking with Deb Lockridge. She's the editor-in-chief at HDT. Uh, We've been talking about AB5 and misclassification. Uh, Deb, as you've talked to groups representing motor carriers, such as the California Trucking Association, the Western States Trucking Association, the Harbor Trucking Association, uh, you're hitting them all up for comments here. What are they telling you? What are you hearing from those groups? Well, for one thing, they said there was a lot of confusion. Um, and they said they've talked to every lawyer they've talked to seems to have a different take on the situation and actually how it's going to affect uh, the industry, whether there are some carve-outs in there that, that could be used. Um, but they repeatedly point out that with the current driver shortage, if drivers really want to be an employee driver, they ought to be able to get an employee job with a trucking company. Um, you know, there have been walkouts and class action lawsuits at the ports, uh, you know, with these allegations of misclassification. Um, but there's also been rallies by independent truckers against the new law. Um, so we've got people on both sides, some of them are saying, you know, we're being abused, we're, you know, we should be employees, and you've got others saying, no, we're independent contractors, we want to stay that way. Um, so there's a lot of concerns, even that the law won't even allow what, what uh, Fred, in your interview with him, had called legitimate owner-operators. Those are the ones with the, their own operating authority, for the lack of a better word. They're independent, working on their own, not under a lease arrangement. Exactly. And, and that's been put forth as you know, a potential solution that uh, drivers need to actually go out and get their own op- operating authority and maybe they need to incorporate. But it's not really clear. Um, there is a possible what they call a business to business exemption that's included in AB5. Um, I talked with uh, the Legal Eagles at Scopolitis Law Firm, which specialized in trucking, and they said it should be possible. Uh, to use that exemption, but it wouldn't be an easy standard to meet. A contractor would have to, ha- you know, have his own business entity like a corporation, an LLC, that's registered by the state, um, and have to be you know, a separate business location from the company it's contracting to. It has to advertise its services to the public, has to provide its own equipment, negotiate its own rates, set its own hours, and has to enter into contracts with other businesses performing the same work. Um, and that's different from some of the current law 
that says you just have to have the right to enter into contracts. This would actually say you actually have to have multiple customers, not just the ability to have multiple customers. Um, so that you know, might be possible, but it's going to be tough and it's more than just having your own authority. Wow. Uh, that, that's a point I hadn't really noticed before. And that is the difference between the right to and an obligation to have your own contracts and basically your business entity. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the contracts, independent contractor lease contracts um, with companies have a clause in them that say, you know, that you are, uh, you know, the contract allows you to go get other business. But as a practical matter, you know, a lot of them don't. You know, you could drill right way down into this and say, if you're hauling for carrier X, uh, you've got their insurance, their insurance is in force, you've got their name on the door. Uh, they are the carrier of record and you start booking your own freight on your own. Do you take that name off the door? Do you put your own name on the door? Uh, whose insurance is in play at that point? Uh, whose, you know, operating authority, who's, where the CVSA, CSA point's going to go. If there's uh, violations, does that apply to which carrier? Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about a Pandora's box, Exactly. And then you get some, you know, that's just sort of scratching the, the yeah. surface of why every lawyer that the trucking associations are talking to has a different opinion as to exactly what this is going to mean if this, if this sticks as the way it is. Well, the other thing that worries me, if suddenly, uh, the, you know, the lease uh, operator model disappears, uh, all these one-time quasi-captive owner-operators who are working for legitimate companies and under their guidance uh, are turned loose on their own. Uh, maybe lacking a little bit of business acumen, suddenly they see, you know, Uber advertising loads in Las Vegas heading for LA or something like that, and they don't understand the value of those, those spot market rate uh, negotiations. And they start hauling freight for nothing because they think, it's enough to do the job. Meanwhile, they're leaving tons of money on the table. That could have a really destabilizing effect on the spot market, don't you think? It certainly could. Um, you know, yeah, so we've got all this uh, uh, sort of new digital freight matching stuff that in theory should help owner-operators uh, have their own business. But as you said, if you don't really understand all the complexities and you've relied mostly on um, you know, a company you're leased to to provide that freight, um, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> yes. So we're just, uh, just easing into this now. The debate has started. Uh, no certainty on the horizon yet at this point. I think it's safe to say. Who knows where this is going to go from here, but I'm sure it's not the last time we'll be talking about misclassification in AB5. No, I'm, I am sure it's not. Um, it be interesting to see what happens uh, after the election if we get more Democrats in uh, the federal level, we could be seeing this at, uh, at the national level as well. So uh, it's definitely something to watch. Well, it seems incomprehensible to me that uh, a Republican administration would allow this to go through, but the Democrats, even they would see the, the harm in this going too much further forward. Well, I, I would hope that if, if there is another bill that the industry uh, that would be affected by it would give them a lot of feedback as to exactly how complex this is. It's not as simple as it sounds if you're standing outside of the industry and just how significant effect that it would have. And yeah, sure, we want to address abuses um, 
of employee mass classification because there are abuses. But let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater and uh, just ruin a bunch of owner-operators' lives and the fleets that uh, are using them. Um, let's take a more uh, kind of more surgical approach and address the real abuses. We've been talking with Deb Lockridge. She's the editor-in-chief of Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine and our website, truckinginfo.com. Deb, uh, thanks for sharing all that with us. Uh, it's really nice to get it all brought into one place and under one umbrella so we can have a, a close look at it. Sure appreciate your time. I was glad to be there. It's a complex issue. We'll be covering it for some time to come. Indeed we will. HDT Talks Trucking is sponsored by Heavy Duty Trucking Exchange. HDTX is a unique networking event for fleets and suppliers that opens doors to long and beneficial business relationships. Go to heavydutytruckingexchange.com to learn more. And if you run light to medium duty trucks, check out Work Truck Exchange. That's worktruckex.com. If you're concerned about the implications of employee misclassification or AB5 in particular, there's lots more engaging coverage on truckinginfo.com. We're now into Season 2 of HDT Talks Trucking, so be sure to go back and check out all of Season 1. There's lots more great content there. And don't forget to leave us a review. If you find the podcast valuable, please share it with your co-workers and your friends on social media. HDT Talks Trucking is produced by Deb Lockridge, recording and audio production by Jim Park. Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine is published by Bobbitt Business Media. Thanks to Deb Lockridge for her contribution to this episode, and to our guests, Julie Gutman Dickinson, Fred Potter, and Joe Rakovats. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.